Welcome back to West Virginia Uncommonplace. What's going on? And it's Vontae again. What's going on, you guys out there listening? What's up? Okay, okay. And this is what we are here to talk about. This is the video for tomorrow. This this podcast is literally going out as crazy as we finish it. I edited it a little bit, but you know what I called you about. You know what this is about. <laughs> versus Patty LaBelle. Well, well, well. And the time has come. <laughs> wow. Okay, I just a little bit, and you know, I went through YouTube. I'm looking at my ridiculous monitor. Um, going through Gladys Knight's song. So we'll 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 start this from the get go because you're an accomplished singer. So you know these singers. You know more than I know about the actual process of being a singer and and what sound should sound like. I only hear the headphones. So I don't know the difference. <laughs> All right. First off, this is what I'm going to say. Patty LaBelle. Amazing. More than likely, she may win this competition. Gladys, a soulful singer. She about reminds me of one of the four ladies in the church choir. <laughs> right. All right. So you go ahead. Give me your spill on everything. What do you, what do you think it takes for uh, – let's do it this way. What do you think it would take for Gladys Knight to win? What song do you think you think is her solo stuff or the stuff that she did with the pits that would take her over the top? Um, I mean, she, but see, that's the thing. Even when she went solo, she even had them kind of intertwined in her career as well. So it's kind of hard to say with her because, I mean, Patty got 18 studio albums. <laughs> you got eight. She got eighteen. <laughs> but we're going hit for hit, though. Like, like I get what you're saying because the way I feel about it, though, is this is the only way Gladys Knight wins in the category. Gladys Knight and the Pips versus LaBelle. Not bad as LaBelle, but we're talking about the actual group. Gladys Knight will win that, I believe. Do you agree with that? Sort of, kind of. Hello. I'm still here. Sort of, kind of. Yeah. All right. Because, like, I was listening, and, like, I was like, I went from uh, neither one of us straight into Love Overboard. And, and I kind of, you know, I dropped off a little bit because I was like, Gladys Knight, I don't like you in the 80s. 1987, I was two years old. Had I heard this, I would have put on my little sequin Michael Jackson jacket. <laughs> Man. I don't know. She, I feel like she didn't have as flourishing as a career in the 80s and the 90s as Patty did. I feel like after the 70s, that was starting to be her in and out years. And then, you know, she did a couple of, I would say, I call it sisters singing with sisters type performances, you know, with her, Dion. And Patty, and you know, doing stuff with Aretha here and there, but it's like, eh, Patty and Aretha. I mean, you know, God, you know, rest in peace. Well, she she okay. passed on my birthday, so it was just crazy. Um, may have been given a, a singing gift by her. You never know. <laughs> I hope, I hope, oh. but you know, with Aretha and Patty, those were like the two divas from those eras that were still like 
popping. You know what I'm saying? Their singles were still hitting the charts. I mean, even songs... I I was going to say, even songs that you might have thought was off-kilter, like Hey Yo Mister, I mean, you know, that was just some, like, crazy stuff. And then, you know, you got Aretha, you know, after the 80s, she come out singing, you know, A Rose is Still a Rose with Lauren Hill in there. You know, I mean, still relevant. And the one thing I say is, we'll go back to the year 1986, or five months, really mm-hmm. don't matter. Phil and Michael McDonald. Oh. Michael, we talking Doobie Brother. He is the pinnacle of pop, soft rock, easy listening music. They made a class on my own. Yeah. Patty Bell. That's one thing that I'm going to tie into where I'm, I agree with you because earlier on, you know, my position was on Gladys Knight. But I know Patty LaBelle is going to win this completely because Patty LaBelle later on in the future had one of her great hits turned into a very famous Nelly song. Yes. <laughs> Kelly and Nelly Dilemma. Yeah, Dilemma. And that's what I'm saying. So Dilemma right there, and even remember the remix to it. So Dilemma right there. Puts her in her own platform because Nelly transcends to a 2,000 people. So not everybody may know Patti LaBelle, but once they heard Dilemma, Patti LaBelle was on fire. Right. I mean, come on. Everybody needs a little bit of Nelly and, you know, Kelly. You know, she was part of Destiny's Child. So, I mean, hey, we needed all of that. Right. So that right there, you know, so I'm going I'm to agree with you and say that Patty's going to win. I really, I'm starting to look at this now, and I don't see an even matchup. No, I, I mean, like, I feel like, I mean, if we're going to get more of an equal comparison, it would have to be Aretha and her. Right. So could Gladys Knight against Shaka Khan, maybe? Uh, yeah. It's about Shaka Khan and Ruth. Yeah. You know, it's crazy because all three of the women you just named. Patty, Shaka Khan, and, you know, of course, Gladys Knight, they all were in groups, which is crazy. Right. But Shaka Khan and Gladys Knight will match up better. I think so. I think so, because their hit specialty is kind of on the same level. Um, That'd be like, i give you my my favorite thing that I would love to see. I would love to see Karen White versus Anita Baker. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean... Maybe we should do Karen White and Stephanie Mills. How about that? Uh, I ain't even gonna lie to you. When I was a kid, I thought they were the same person. They all had distinctive looks. But listen, this is what I, then we needed to up. Miss Shirley Murdoch. Shirley Murdoch with the help. Well, if we were gonna do Shirley Murdoch, I would say. I would have had Shirley Murdoch go against Vesta Williams. Okay. Who would Betty Wright go against? Oh. Oh, I got a good one for you. This one is juicy. All right. Millie okay, Jackson. <laughs> the young people don't know about Millie Jackson. Before we had Rihanna, before we had Miss Janet, if you're nasty. We had Millie Jackson. Like, she turned it out like no other. I almost missed it, man. I almost missed it. But thank God my parents are who they are because 
you know. Right? Shout out to David. Shout out to them. That's this is gonna be interesting. Like I watched both of their promos and I seen Patty Bell was like at the end of her little promo, she was like, What you gonna bring to the table? I made all this. She made a whole dinner from scratch. But you know, of course, the main centerpiece, even though there was a huge turkey, was her sweet potato pies. And then, you know, Gladys Knight, she made a charming banana pudding, but let's be real. We go for the pie before we go for the pudding. <laughs> so, in music and in the kitchen. So, let's do this. For I'm going to give my bangers from the bell. On my own, if you only knew, you were my friend. Beverly Hills, right kind of love. Because that was, that, was, that was a little mix right there. Um... I'm going to go even further and say joy to have your love. Okay. Then I'm going to finish it off with Beverly Hills Cop, the first movie, New Attitude. Mm. Okay. So so what what else do you have in, in the foray that you can put in here that you're thinking that I missed? Hey, yo, mister. I mean, that was a bop. It was different. It, right. it was different. Um, okay, let me let me think of something that you haven't said yet. I mean, we gotta say Lady Marmalade. It's almost kind of like, yeah, you gotta say Lady Marmalade. Um, hold on. Um, somewhere over the rainbow. Um, um, I feel I feel like some other other hits is coming. Um, it's a new day because you know that was closer to her getting in her. You know, late 40s, you know, she was coming into herself, you know, in the early 2000s. So, New Day. Uh, what others? I mean, she had, I mean, she's had so many. Um, my gosh. It's something else that I hear in my head, but I can't, I can't. Mm-mm. It's going to come back. Because you said all the ones I would have named. Um, but, but my list real quick on Gladys Knight. Midnight Train in Georgia. I don't want to know. Neither one of us. When she did version of End of the Ro- End of the Road, because it, it was tough. End of the Road by Boys to Men. She did a medley. I never heard that. She did. Or we'll, we'll go into that later. Um, if I was your woman, superwoman, obviously, love overboard, and if we we'll go from the 2000s, she did have a hit, and since I felt that's that's it. Like I don't the, the songs with the pitch and stuff we can go into. I'm just talking about her purely and take away Midnight Train. That's a good song, right? Just not enough there for her to even be compared. That's that's hard. That, that that is real hard. I mean, like, and singles. That's just it's a lands it's a record landslide. But I mean, and she's already warmed everybody in their hearts with the sweet potato pie. Like, I mean, how can you how can you get around that? Like, I mean, 
say this though. One hard thing with Gladys for sure, this young audience, the first season of the Mass Singer, mm-hmm. know Gladys Knight as a singing jewel from from the Mass Singer. That might be the only saving grace for her. Because you know, everybody watched that on Oh Fox. yeah. Oh, definitely. I watched. I watched. I knew it was her. Nobody else knew it was her. I was like, I, I know Gladys Knight's voice. Oh, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I almost forgot my favorite uh, pass. And we are back live on the air. Yeah, straight up. And I, one thing I want to recap. I, I am uh, misinformed about one thing. So never mind. Patty LaBelle's on there. She was just on the... 2019 season, so yeah, Gladys Knight ain't got a chance. Yes, I mean, it's quite a, I mean, it's quite a landslide. I mean, right kind of lover. Okay. Uh, we when we got cut off when we when we talk about love. Uh, my love, sweet love, that was on the waiting to exhale. Soundtrack. Now, y'all don't know how I know that because I stole that from my mama one day. So that's how I end up knowing that some of the catalog. <laughs> and we, and, I mean, there's still some more hits to go. But with Gladys, a lot of hers was like covers. I mean, Heard It Through the Grapevine. I mean, Come See About Me. And um, one thing that I do love about Patti LaBelle and and Gladys, even though they, they're totally different artists and singers, they will tell you that back in the day, the, certain, certain ones stuck up for each other and certain ones just kind of did their own thing. And they both said that Donna Ross was a little snooty. And they did say that Donna Ross used to go in when the labels and stuff be on the stage and the pips. And she would literally go in and try to copy their outfits. They would go to Woolworths. And Patty said that Diana used to steal their outfits. They used to steal their sway. And Diana was supposed to be it's supposed to be this. Yeah, I got you. I mean, when well, you notice every big star has had some type of behavior that we weren't as proud of. So I mean Yeah. To get to the top is lonely. You gotta know your competition. Not saying it was right, but I mean she was the hottest artist on Motown. I mean she wasn't the first solo star on Motown, but you know. She was the hottest at that time. Now, let me ask you this. Would you be surprised if Dion Warwick just slides up in there when they all... See, they share a, a hit together. Superwoman, yes. You think Dion will slide in and hit her little thing? She will. She going to roll up a little joint before she go out there. <laughs> she got a little rough. like this. Whitney. She gonna, you said what? She's gonna be like, this is for Whitney. And <laughs> she's gonna put a little rasp on that shit. <laughs> you know, gotta put the rasp on it. You know, you you gotta put that rasp on it. It's like her. It's like you know, if you got like a pimp, a pimp walk to you, that's that's the rasp for her. You know, she uh. You know, she's like, this is for Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> this is for Whitney. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, I mean, Dion, 
even just her catalog alone, she's paved the way for many black female artists that did cross over. Because, I mean, walk on by her and Burt Bacharach as far as his compositions and lyricism. I mean, it took the black female artists crossing over to a new level. And, I mean, with her and Diana, those were the doors that Whitney could grace herself through and take it to the next level. And, you know... It's a blessing that all of these black females have all of these things in common, and they will often get on time and sing back for each other, be on stage. It was it was nothing, you know. But you know, Gladys and Patty are really the only ones from that era still living. That's it's kind of sad. So it's like still living. I mean, and still-, still living and still singing. I mean, we don't have. We don't have Etta James. We don't have Aretha. We don't have Whitney. I mean, you know. And honestly, I think the perfect person to go up against Whitney would have been been Mariah Carey because that, that was her comparison. Yeah, that was her competitor. Yeah, her competitor. Even though they became friends, you know, I thought that was admirable because, you know, back in them times, they had to stick together. They defined what we call divas now, like, but you know, nowadays it's not. You know, they rap divas. They not real. <laughs> they not singing divas no more. Like, you know, and stuff. Wow. Everybody wants to be on reality shows. They want you to rap, sing. They people don't make full bodies of work anymore. Like, artists put out more EPs than they do records, like albums. So, I mean, and, you know, I'm so ecstatic, you know, speaking about artists kind of coming back. You know, I know this is about the ladies, but Usher, Usher is coming back doing his residency in Vegas. Yeah. Vocals on fire right now. I mean, his vocals are in the best condition they ever been. He's never lost it. Um, I do feel like when music started to change, it was harder for him to come in and adapt to that new sound. I mean, I feel like once you have a family and you get married, it's only so much of what's popular and what's going on. You can kind of fit into. I mean, like... Because I'll say this. Usher, when he, him and uh, Zay did that album, I really that. You heard that? Say that one more time. The, the album with Usher and Zaytoven. You like that one? No, I didn't like it. Yeah, it was it was it was for the young generation. I mean, I don't even think they rock with it. Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, I just felt as though it 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 it, it just was okay. I'm gonna say this. Now, everybody knows I'm a huge fan of Beyonce. It took me a while to really get with the edginess of the rap singer. However, she they have been doing that since Destiny Child. It's a Houston thing. You know, and I'm, I'm just like, you know, Diva let me know that, okay, she might can spit a 16 bar, but we didn't really take it. We was just like, whoa, that was a lot for us to comprehend at that time. This is 2008, 2009. Then, you know, flash forward to Beyonce, self-titled. 
it's just straight digital urban pop. We had never experienced that before. So other artists are trying to duplicate how that's being done and still trying to be singers, but they lack the vocal ability to do that, you know, to sing and to rap phonetically in one song. It's, 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 some people got the gift. Some people don't, you know. Bobby Brown. I, Bobby Brown and Chris Brown. Yeah. And I mean, it, I mean, even with Chris Brown, like I noticed he chilled out with the dance music for a while because that dance music. Yeah, he was, he was getting really techno on me. He was. I mean, don't get me wrong. Graffiti was the shit. I mean, graffiti was the shit. But that year three times. That's when it started. That's when it started getting a little. That's you're in the techno club with uh, what's the, what's the, what's one of them artists, Moby or somebody, Moby, you know, working the thing or whatever, you know, Jamiroquai, whoever techno people are. Yeah. Don't come back with Jamiroquai. That, that, you took it back, yo. That's when, when he was in that video and the whole furniture started shifting. I thought that was dope. I'm just saying. Well, I'll say this about Chris Brown. Chris Brown killed the game when he did Heartbreak on a full he brought back the that heartbreak on had so many artists on it. I don't even know who I was dating at the time, but I know I, I gave that album out like candy. I was like, here, everybody get a copy. But I'm gonna tell you though, that album had like four was that the one that he first started doing like thirty to forty tracks on? Yeah. And you know, for today's market, you can't really keep kids' attention span, but I think he offered something quite refreshing because he knew everybody was doing like 10 to 12 tracks, and then now he's, like, actually emerging into, like, okay, we're going back to the old days, but we know you can consume this because y'all get tired of music, like, in a week. You know what I mean? Like, And that's sad. The music could be classic and it could sound good, but because of how we've been conditioned and how the platform of music, really when the iPod came out, it was the death of music as we know it, like, of just that quality. And you can give the quality so much as your last hit. And they said that in the 90s, but it's worse now. Like, right, because you see uh, doing good one time, it's like a lot. Right, right. And it's just like, you know, everybody's trying to do the Beyonce approach to releases. They just want to drop stuff. Everybody can't do that. Some people you need to promote. Right. Some type of promotion. And get it right. Like, get it right. Example, I can't hear Avant just come out with something and I ain't heard from him in eight years. You know, I miss Avant. Avant, you know, he's still doing his thing. I've heard him on live. Everything's still intact. I don't think he had been doing well health-wise for a while, so <clears throat> he is slowly kind of coming back out. But, I mean, the voice is still there. Like, you know, if Avon said today or tomorrow, I'm looking for some new art. Come on. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go write some songs. <laughs> a different sentiment about him. I feel that way about him because it was like every album he had, he had one or two hits, but he made so much music. He dropped so much music. That he had like he had a catalog of, of greatest hits because he dropped his album and had two songs, one album he had three, one album he had four, and then whatever. Let me ask you this. How do you feel about Dave Hollister? 
Oh my God. Incredible. I mean, vocally, he's the closest thing that we're going to have to Jill Avert. Okay. I honestly feel like he's kind of been overlooked and it's kind of sad because vocally, and you know, usually when artists start to kind of get overlooked, sometimes they, they change avenues. They either go indie, they start treading more to the gospel. And he's been treading more back to the gospel. I think that is his roots. But, you know, I would have loved for him to see him do some more R&B. And I really feel like because of, you know, his impact on R&B music, it would be great to see artists like him, Maxwell, you know, Joe, you know, had Babyface writing, producing. Thomas in a minute. Go ahead. Huh? We're going to get to Joe Thomas in just a minute. I mean, but it's just so many. It's like so freaking many, like, artists out here, and I feel like they have potential to, if they're not going to continue to pursue music in the way they were, they still have, like, so much that they could pass on to the new generation, like, other artists. Like, I mean, if Jacquees really wanted to be serious, he would get some vocal lessons and he would, like, study under Keith Sweat or, you know, study under a baby face or a Neo, like, have them work with him on a project. I mean, you got the platform. I mean, like, see, artists like myself, I'm indie. Like, I don't have a label. I don't have management. I'm just kind of navigating my own way. So whatever I do is on me. Whereas with him, he has labels. He has the connections. Keith Sweat knows him because apparently there was a conversation backstage at a show where he was like, he's going to be like the king of R&B or whatever. And I was just like, oh, okay. You know? Yeah. And then when I saw other tracks, I was like, nah. But well, one thing I want to say about Dave Hollister, Chicago 85, the movie. Everybody says get him in. No, Chicago 85, the movie. That, that album right there. <laughs> that album right there. And you know, he, he was always associated with good people. Tim and Bob on that. Oh my gosh. Tim and Bob. I mean, Avant. There you go, Avant. Um, freaking Bobby Valentino. That's your boy. You know, Bobby. You know. So. So. Like, I mean, it's just like for some reason, like the music, like you said, R and B, and it's crazy how we went from Night and Fabulous Bill across R and B. Um, are there yeah. any R and B singers you like? Any of this new stuff? Because like I can't even tell an R and B singer because you know, ten years ago, Juice World would have been an R and B. Um, he would have been like some alt. Some ALT R&B, like he would have been the all R&B because he wouldn't have had the same sound because he he had a, a way of singing. It wasn't what we consider this generation's, you know. He, he got he had I, I think he had a little something to him. Yeah, yeah, in a weird way. But is there anybody like right now that you see that you think is like decent? Um. I'm a big fan of Ari Lennox. Like, I love Ari. Love Ari Lennox. Like, if I even had a chance to work with an artist that's out right now that I think would be possible, it'd be Ari Lennox. Shea Butter Baby, that album. Oh, 
Vocals, vocals. Um, oh my God, we want to talk about guys. Avery Wilson, underrated, underrated. That man got vocal range out the wazoo. Like I have no clue where he gets it from, but his range is tight. His control is tight. It's everything. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, Tori Kelly is not really new. She's just she's been new on YouTube. Well, she's been on YouTube for years, but you know, she I think just wrapped up her second album. Second or third, because I know she went the gospel route for a little while. But Tori Kelly is amazing. Tori Kelly is oh my God. She's amazing. I'm trying to think. Her is amazing. I like her. Um Gosh, gosh. Most of the up-and-coming artists that I like, they're like indie artists, like artists that, you know, I know personally, like this artist in Atlanta called DJ. He's amazing. His name is spelled D-I-I-J-A-I. So DJ. Later. I'm going to throw you for a loop real quick. I'm going to tell you who I like. I'm not going to say that they're an arm singer. I'm just going to say they're a musician. I like Daily. Oh, Daly's good, but Daly ain't really new. Daly been around though. But but he but he <laughs> but he he slips in in and out every three or four years. <clears throat> he should be coming back by now, and I'm surprised we haven't heard from him. I mean, has- to me, he's like a what's what's who am I thinking about? A Robin Thicke kind of <laughs> meets. He's like a Robin Thicke meets like Marsha Ambrose's type. You know, hey, that 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 um, coffee house R and B. Yes. Okay. You know, I mean, if you're gonna throw him in there, you might as well say Miguel. I mean, <laughs> Miguel, but Miguel has solid hits. He just he's just another one of them artists that just disappeared. He got solid hits too. You know, he like to hit down and do splits on people's necks, but we're not gonna go there. <laughs> All right, so let me give you a round of R and B singers, and you tell me about Jeremiah. Jeremiah, he's cool. Um, I think you have to be his vibe is like it's different. It's it's like I feel like you have to be in a mood. Like you gotta be in that mood. When you listen to Jeremiah, it's like you in that mood mood. You know what I mean? You're in that mood. All right, so let me another one out there. One I got one that's new, Summer Walker. Um, she's for the kids, most definitely. I mean, I appreciate her for trying to bring back R&B of our time. Like, she sampled Usher's Make You Wanna, and then she even incorporated Destiny Child, Say My Name. She's cool. Um, I would love to see more vocals from her. She has a smooth sound, but she doesn't really showcase the range as much. All right, let me give you an example of who she is right now. This generation's Karen White. Karen White, when we was coming up, had the production, a Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis behind her. Mm-hmm. Summer Walker has a good producer behind her that she's dating. So I kind of feel that she's this generation. Uh, uh, Karen White. Now, let me ask you about somebody that, that we don't talk about. Nobody guy in any circle. What did you ever think about Party Next Door? 
Party Next Door was dope. He was, I call him like a reggae pop bedroom producer, you know. <laughs> it was smooth, you know. He had like his own little sweat. You know what? But it's so funny because I haven't heard much of him lately, but I fell in love with, because um, he's similar in style, but not the same. Burner Boy's records. Burner Boy's, oh my God, Burner Boy got some hits, man. He got this one record called um, On The Low. Uh-huh. Oh, man, that Angeli, Angeli, On The Low. You know, it's just, you got to be, you got to, I mean, zoned out. Like, that's when you're in your house. You just took a shower. You listened to music. And sometimes you just sit on the side of the bed and just look out of space and you just listen to it. It's a vibe. That Afro beat. But you know, you know, Party Next Door, he got some cool stuff. I think he make his best stuff when he with Rihanna. You know. Hey, that one joint that they just did, yeah, it was pretty good. It was. It was. Like, Rihanna in the background, she the background singer in that joint. And you know her fans was mad because they was like, why you can't get a verse on there? And I'm like, just enjoy the vibe. She want to enjoy the vibe. So, who do you think is, like, right now the, the best beat producer right now? You said the best R&B producer? Um, whoo, that's really, 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 really hard. Um, gosh. And it's London on the track. London on the track. And he's like the hottest thing that's going. London I mean, the- he is. He is. I mean, it's funny because a lot of the songs sound so similar. Yeah, you don't really know who's producing them these days. Like. People be jocking some of his beats because, like, sometimes I hear some stuff and I'm like, I'm like, he didn't give this to Summer Walker. He wouldn't give it to this person, you know. But, I don't know. I don't think there's a hot producer beyond him. That's why I disqualified him. Like, everybody else, he said it all kind of sounds the same. Yeah. You're a hit maker all the time. And um, one last question before we enter the, end this podcast. Do you consider Tate Dollar Sign a, a singer? Rapper? I mean, he can do both. He's he's very smooth and melodic in what he does. Um, it it I mean, it's similar to Drake. It's it's how, it's how far long they want to go with it. Like most times, they're never going to give you anything that's going to show, but so much range because it's like they don't want to give that much, but they give just enough. I feel like Ty Dolla Sign gives a little bit more vocally when it comes to a vocal performance. Compared to Drake. Drake is just... I'm going to tell you what. Drake is like a mellow glass of whiskey. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, Ty Dolla Sign is like pineapple Ciroc with a splash of pineapple juice. And, you know, chilling. you just chilling. Like, it's not... It's not too... It's like... The sweet spot, you know, it's just like it gives you. Well, Drake is gonna give you that warmth, and he's gonna make you feel sad as hell by the time you die. He's <laughs> gonna, gonna make you reconsider what you was already thinking. 
you already were already was gonna do. Yeah. Like, uh, see, you can't listen to no Drake when you get when you break up because when you break up, you're going back to that ex if you listen to Drake. Yeah. If you hear this out here, Drake. You better stop influencing these people to do these things. <laughs> looking at the ceiling, looking at a picture of her and wondering why. Wonder. Listen. You know? <laughs> but that's how Jake, Drake, I said Jake, that's how Drake gets it done. But once again, I want to thank you for being on West Virginia Uncommonplace. Sounds, seems like you're going to become a future, future guest. I, I guess I, I'm going to have to give you hosting duties until you decide to, uh, or co-host and duties until you decide to do the podcast. Uh, y'all hear that? All right. Well, it's the people's choice. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so we'll figure out some things. And once again, thank you. And this will be up before 12 o'clock tonight. All right. Well, this sounds like fun. Fun, fun, fun. Well, I had fun chatting with you, man. And shout out to the people of West Virginia Uncommonplace. And that's in any state, too, because West Virginia Uncommonplace is just a name, guys. Just a name. All right. It's a state of being, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>